You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Some of you have been sitting down and calculating how will this happen, how will that happen. Today, answers are coming to you. There are certain situations that arise in your life, it doesn't look like it has an answer. You look at it, look at it, I don't think it has an answer. But God has an answer. God has an answer. And today, you are living here with answers. your neighbor. Are you ready for that? Glory to Jesus. The sick will be healed tonight. There's some of you here that have been harassed by devils while we yet speak. The devils will leave. Demonic activity is real. And there are many people that might even be church-going folks that ha- are constantly harassed by demonic spirits. Today, you will be free. I've come to declare your freedom. There are many things in my mouth for you this evening. And say, I've, I've come to receive it. There is freedom in my mouth for you this evening. There is deliverance in my mouth for you this evening. There is next level prosperity for you this evening. There are dimensions for you to enter this evening. There are favors breaking out upon you this evening. From my mouth. A man for 38 years. been in a condition. Jesus shows up. Says, rise. Take up your bed and walk. One sentence. I don't know how long you've been in that situation. One word from God will change your life forever. I could imagine Zacchaeus confused. Full of condemnation. Then he heard Jesus was in town. And he came to climb that tree. This is your own climbing of your own tree. <laughs> just to see, just to see. And Jesus stopped. Say, come down. Hallelujah. Come down. Today. Amen. Today. Not tomorrow. Today. I said not tomorrow. Today. Salvation has come to your house. Healing has come to your house. Breakthrough has come to your house. When? Today. The scripture said, today is the day of salvation. 
He said, Behold, now is the accepted time. Why? Because we said it today. Amen. And thank God you are here for this appointment. You will never be disappointed by this appointment. You are ending this year without disappointments. Because of disappointments. What I want to share with you this evening is very simple. Because it is meant to make your life very simple. Blessed be the name of God. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All things are possible. Lord, I believe. Thank you. 
let them know. We might have a time to take some of your testimonies before we close today. But we'll be here again tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Praise God. Today I'll be taking my text from 1 Corinthians 1 verse 21. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, I'd like us to read it together. Want to go? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Let's read it again, one more time. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Today I've titled it The Foolishness of Preaching. I would say the foolishness of preaching. It came from the Bible. Amen. It came from the Bible. That since God saw in his wisdom that man through wisdom could not receive salvation, it pleased him, amen, that through the foolishness of preaching, man might be saved. It was God's choice. Maybe we should read the scripture in context so that we understand what he is actually talking about. Where we read is verse 21, we'll start from verse 17. Paul was speaking from the 17th verse, and there was something really strong on his mind he wanted to establish. He said, for Christ sent me not to baptize. I don't have a problem with baptism. Previous verses, he said, look, he said, come tell me who we baptize. He said, I baptize Crispus, I baptize Gaius, I baptize the house of Stephanas. He said, but apart from that, I can't think of anybody I baptize. So Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. It is in that context he was talking. Let's look at verse 18. I'll read down to 21. Then he made a statement there. He said, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Then he said, but to, to us that believe, it is the power of God. Amen. Put it up. 1 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 1, 18. Then the 19th verse, he went for that. He said, for it is written. He was talking about something. He said, God will, God's word has already spoken. He was quoting the scripture in Isaiah 29. Please go to 19. It is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Glory to God. Are you getting the picture? Where are we going to that verse 21? But we'll read down to maybe 24. He said, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Had not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? 21 now. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Verse 22. He now says, For the Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. 23. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks foolishness. Amen. But unto them that are called Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Amen. Did you get the context? We just read 17 to 24. Amen. So, 
in that context, he was saying something very important. Everybody said the foolishness of preaching. <laughs> Ali, you will not forget the topic. Amen. You've never been in a service where they use the word foolishness as a title. Amen. But that's what the scripture said. And he was speaking about something that affects you and I today. Now, it will be very important for us to really look at these scriptures one after the other. And I would like you to have the scriptures on more because I'm going to be teaching a little. He said there that in God's wisdom, he saw that the world didn't know him by wisdom. Hallelujah. So it pleased him. Glory to God. That means the choice he made to come up with a method, hallelujah, by which a man will know him. Glory to God. And he chose that it will be through the foolishness of what? Preaching. Amen. See, foolishness does not even really express what he was saying. Because if you translate it from the Greek, it actually said the silliness. How absurd it is. Amen. The preaching. What he was explaining is that, you know, some of you were invited here. And then what happened was that you told somebody you don't have a job. Then they said, come for one word from God. It looks silly. You used to give job for one word from God. Amen. You told someone that, um, they said that there's nothing the doctor can do for me. Then they said, come for one word from God. Amen. Hello? Have you seen someone telling you, oh, my family, everything is upside down, and, and my life is short, I don't even know what to do. Then I'll give you a card and say, um, there's a program coming up, one word from God. You, like the person is out of touch with reality. Are you understanding me? Excuse me. I don't even have transport to come to the program. Glory to God. That's how silly it sounds. Amen. Are we together? Where you have situations, circumstances in your life, issues are going on around you, and then somebody is telling you to listen to a tape. Amen. Someone is inviting you for a program. Someone is trying to preach to you. Say, let's open our Bible to... They say, hey, hey, this is not time for opening Bible. I say, I have a problem. I remember years ago, we were still on campus at that time, and then there was a sister that was coming from a class, rather coming from around the class area. And while she was on her way, she had tried to, she wrote an exam and she had some complications and they refused to release the result. She had gone to plead for several days. In short, the man warned her that day and said, the lecturer said, don't come back here again. It was that day she was on her way. Going with sorrow in her heart. Oh, I'm going to have a carryover. It means I'm going to have a carryover. And she was a medical student. On her way, she met a brother that was a member of the fellowship. He saw her sad. And he suggested the foolishness of preaching. Amen. He said, um, let me invite you to fellowship this evening. He said, you are talking about fellowship when I'm talking about how God will help me. No, she didn't use the word God. She said, who will help me? Who will help me? Where, where will my help come from? That was what she said. He said, where will my help come from? Where will my help come from? I've carried over this Where will my help come from? And so because of how sad she was, he walked her down to her room. Praise God. God there was still encouraging her and telling her stories and telling her stories and stayed with her to come for the meeting. She
she grudgingly followed him. I was not with them. In those years, there was no GSM. Amen. There was already a fixed title for the program because we normally print out our programs before the semester begins. So we already had a fixed title. But I was my way to campus, and the Spirit of God spoke to me just as He spoke to me for this program. Amen. He said, Today, when you get to the fellowship, the title of your message is, Where Will My Help Come From? You will preach from Psalm 121. Amen. I said, Yes, sir. So I came up and I said, I know we have a program, but look at what the Spirit of God is saying to me. And so the title of my message is, Where Will My Help Come From? Amen. And now there's a girl that came for the meeting and was asking, where will I help come from? Amen. There are some of you here, this meeting is for only you. Hey! Listen, listen. There's a way to sit down here. Are you understanding me? Don't be sitting there like he's talking to us. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. You, you. I don't know what your name is. He's talking to you. That's how to listen. And then the lady came for the meeting. Then I started preaching. The silliness of preaching. Amen. That's not the thing she should be doing that day. She'll be going to meet other students to find out what to do. Oh, who, how can I meet and go and beg this person? What else will I do? To consult. But she came to sit under a preaching meeting. Amen. And then I told a story in the service. The story was about the late Archbishop Benson Dahosa. And she, before she came, the brother also told her the same story. Praise God. That was a sign. Today is a day of signs for you too. And some of you, as you came in here, there are signs that have shown you that God is on your matter. Amen. It was a sign. It was a sign for her. Because how come? The same story the brother told me is the same story the pastor is using to preach today. Did they talk to each other? She kept listening. Then we got to the end of the service. I said, this is instruction here. If you came, if you went somewhere and knocked on the door, and the door was shut against you, go back and knock on that door. It will open for you. Praise God. She went the next day. <laughs> this is what they call, nevertheless, at your word. Amen. We have told all night, but nevertheless, at your word. Amen. There's some of you that you have told all year, nevertheless, at this word that God is going to bring to you. And then she obeyed, went to the place they told her not to come back to again. As she got there, she was thinking about how to knock and go in. The man was coming out. She said, oh, thank God you even came. I just had a change of mind. I didn't know how else to contact you. They took her in, cleared her. The foolishness of preaching. Amen. That's the last thing that you naturally will want to do when you hear that you have a problem. Nobody naturally will have a problem and decide that they want to go and sit down and hear a message. But it pleased God. Amen. That through the foolishness of preaching, He will save. The word save there is a compound word. It means heal. It means deliver. It means make whole. It means help. Amen. Are we together? So, look at the word. That by the foolishness of preaching, to help them that believe. By the foolishness of preaching, to what? To deliver them that believe. Are we
we together? So I don't know where you are today, but through this foolishness of preaching today, you will be saved. <laughs> you will be helped. <laughs> you will be lifted. You will be promoted. Oh, they just, they just gave me um, a, a warning letter that they are going to withdraw the contract. Then someone invited you here. This is not what you should be doing. But it has pleased God. Amen. That through the foolishness of preaching, that decision they are making will be suspended. Are we together? Look at what he now said. To make you understand why he used the word foolish. He said to, to, the, to, to them that are perishing, this preaching of the cross is foolishness. Amen. But to us that are saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. It is the power of God. I love the part where he now said, he said the Jews require a sign. He said the Greeks seek after wisdom. Amen. What he's trying to say is that the reason why it's foolishness to them is foolishness because if you, for the Jew, this preaching of the cross, I'm going, I'm coming here. I want to show you something he said. Let's just look at it from 21 into 22. Follow me now. He said, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. He pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Next verse. He now said, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. What he's saying applies to everybody seated here. As you are here, you are either a Jew or a Greek. Amen. What the scripture was showing us are the two predominant worldviews. Your worldview is how you see life. Every religion, every belief system is founded on one of these two. Are we together? Are we together? Either the Jewish worldview or the Greek worldview. It might be that there might be a mix, but predominantly there are two. The Jews are superstitious. The Jew is the religious one. Are you understanding me? He's raised with the consciousness that there is God. Amen. As we say in Nigeria, there is God though. So, it's a religious view. It's a traditional view. It's a, it's a, it's a superstitious view. So the Jew, one of the challenges he had about actually accepting Jesus as God was that uh, when Moses showed up, are you understanding me? Well, uh, Moses, <laughs> we saw his face was shining. That was a sign. Amen. What is your own sign? Amen. Sign there is not just talking about miracles. It's talking about tokens, divine indicators. Things that, sh that only God can show. Maybe you come out, on, uh, uh, for example, when Jesus was born, you know, the Bible told us that wise men from the east, amen, saw a star. That is a sign. Now, but these Jews didn't see it. Amen. Are we together? So, they require a sign. So, when you are preaching the gospel, when you are telling them, I'm preaching this message, well, it's not talk they want to see. They want to see something. Are you understanding me? And there are people like that. They go from one church to the other. In the sea, they're always looking for a sign. They don't understand that, hey, it is through the foolishness of preaching. Amen. It's not about signs. Eh, eh, they go here and say, eh, 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 will, will this happen? Will that happen? They are looking for something that they can see that appeals somehow, somehow to their doubts and unbelief. They want their doubts and unbelief to be solved by physical evidence, an outward sign. Are we together? An outward sign, an outward sign. You know, Elijah also was raised in such a way. So, remember the time where Elijah went, I was waiting to hear the voice of God. He saw a fire. 
He thought God was in the fire. He saw an earthquake. He thought God was there. That's the way he's used to. It has to be a sign. It has to be a sign. Are you understanding me? But the Lord spoke with a still small voice. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Are we together? So we have a generation. We have people here sitting down. They've been waiting for a sign. And because they're waiting for a sign, they miss God's own method, which is that it has pleased him. That through the foolishness of preaching, to save the one that believes. So we have those with the Jewish worldview. Then we have those with the Greek worldview. The Bible said they seek after wisdom, philosophy, reasoning. It, it still has to make sense. Are you understanding me? They, they are looking for empirical proof. Are you understanding me? They sit and say, um, okay, this is what I say now. Like, let's look at it now. How can a woman that did not meet a man now debele how? That is, are you understanding me? Can you prove it? So as long as they are looking for proof, they cannot believe the virgin birth of Jesus. Amen. Are we together? There's some of you that were raised that way. You are raised with the predominant Greek worldview. Amen. If you don't see it, you will not believe it. Even among the disciples of Jesus, they had some that were on this side and some that were on that side. Are you understanding me? Like, for example, the first man Jesus met, he came and said, ah, Jesus said, oh, a, 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 a Jew, a, a Jew in whom there is no guy. I was talking to Nathaniel. And then the man said, wow, truly this is the son of God. He said, are you believing because of what that? That means to him he has seen a sign. That's why he believed. Thomas didn't want sign. He wanted evidence. Jesus showed up. He said, hey, 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 you look like him. Oh. <laughs> you look like him. You look like him. But I will not believe except I touch. Because I was there when they pierced you. Are you understanding me? I want to touch that place. If I don't touch it, I will not believe. Jesus allowed it. But he corrected him. Say, hey, blessed are they that did not see and believe. Because through the foolishness of preaching, it has pleased him to save the man that will believe. Glory to God. Are you with me today? So we have people that have that worldview. Some of them believe like the Jews. Some of them believe like the Greeks. He said, whether they're Jewish or Greek, the answer is the same. Amen. Verse 22, we read. Go to verse 22 now. We'll go down to 23 after that. Whether they are Greek, whether you are the, the ideology they carry, the, what runs their life is based on being Jewish or is based on being Greek, the answer is in verse 22. He said, but we preach Christ crucified. Amen. But we preach Christ crucified. Amen. We preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness. Amen. But unto them that are called. Are you among the called? He said Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. But what we are going to is this. He is telling us that it is true preaching that it has pleased God to help you today. Now the question is, what are they preaching? And how are they to preach what they are preaching? Now, in the statement he made from verse 17 we read, in 18 he told us what the preaching is, because 17 first said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. He didn't tell us, but he talked about the gospel as something that is specific. Then in verse 18 he now said, the preaching of the cross. So he was giving us an idea that the gospel is about the preaching of the cross. When we say preaching, we're saying proclaiming. Amen. The proclamation is another way of saying announcing. Amen. For it has pleased God that through the announcing, amen, he will save them that believe. 
through announcements. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Through proclamation. But what are you proclaiming? We are proclaiming the cross. He said, Christ crucified. Amen. Christ crucified. Christ crucified. And then he explained something that really, really is very important. He said, we preach Christ crucified. No, it's verse 18 I'm actually looking for. That's why he said, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. All right? Then he now said, let the, cro- the, the, the cross of Christ be made of non-effect. If he preaches it with what? Wisdom of words. Let's go to verse, verse 18, 18, 18. Let me show you something there. 17, 17. It's better, yeah. Thank you. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest. Ever say lest. Ever say lest. The cross of Christ should be made of non-effect. That means that the cross is supposed to have an effect. Amen. The preaching of the cross was designed to have what? An effect. Maybe we should read it in the Amplified Version so you understand what he's talking about. That this announcement of Christ crucified is supposed to have an effect in your life. Look at it. In the Amplified Version, I love how it puts it because it brings out some meaning that you will not have gotten any other way. He said, for Christ the Messiah sent me out not to baptize but to evangelize by preaching the glad tidings, the gospel, and that not with verbal eloquence. Amen. Lest, let's read that part from lest together. Lest the cross of Christ should be deprived of force. That means the cross of Christ has what? Force. Amen. That force will meet you today. Amen. It will meet anything that is not supposed to be in your life and shift it in the name of Jesus Christ. It said, lest the cross of Christ should be deprived of force. It's telling you the qualities of that preaching. Amen. Of Christ crucified. Lest the cross of Christ should be deprived of force and emptied of its power. That means it has power. Amen. Are we together? And rendered vain, fruitless, void of value and of no effect. Listen, this cross of Christ, <laughs> it has value. Amen. It is, ever say it's full of value. It says it's full of value. He was warning them how not to preach it. If you preach it with eloquence, amen, you are trying to communicate it with human words. He said you will deprive the message is a message, amen, of the force, the power, and the value that it carries. Listen to me, what I'm sharing with you today has force. I said what I'm sharing with you has power. What you are hearing comes with value. That means that if you were, (laughs) if you were one million dollars, what I came with, when you receive it, you'll be five million dollars. It will add value to you in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen to me. What you are hearing today will increase your net worth in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, look, look, don't preach it with eloquence. Lest you deprive it of power. It becomes void of value. That means it has value. Potentially, it has what? Value. Glory to God. Say the, the message has value. Say again, the message has value. Now, let me just jump quickly to say this. This 
reason why he said it pleased him that through preaching he will save them that believe is because in God's plan, preaching is the technology he had provided to bring his power into your life. Preaching is the technology has provided to bring possibilities from the supernatural into the natural realm. Are you listening to me? It means that when a man wants to experience the possibilities of the supernatural, he should submit himself to the preaching. Amen. The foolishness of preaching. In essence, he's saying that the day you accept that the foolishness of preaching is the wisdom of God, that's when you start living. Amen. Amen. There are people in scripture that understood it. <laughs> if you read Luke chapter 5 verse 15 and Luke 6 17, you will see that the great thing about Jesus, put up Luke 5 15, let's read together, I want to go. But so much the more, when there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear, amen, and to be healed by him of their infirmities. After a while, they discovered that the secret is to hear him. They submitted to the foolishness of preaching. Amen. Amen. The secret is to hear him. If you hear him, it will be well. In Luke 6, 17, similar thing was said there. He said, And he came down with them and stood in the plain, and the company of disciples, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to what? To hear him and to be healed. Did you come to be healed today? Just here. After you just here. Did you come to be promoted today? Just here. Did you come to experience your next level today? Just here. Through the foolishness of preaching. Amen. <laughs> and I said, I'll say it again. Listen. Embrace the foolishness of preaching as the wisdom of God to help you. Let me tell you, neighbor, say, embrace the foolishness of preaching. As God's wisdom to help you. Glory to God. So, so I went for that meeting. I someone said, uh, your, your life is just scattered. You are going for a meeting. No, no, no. That's why we go for the meeting. Amen. Amen. Because the capacity, the possibility of arrangement will come through that meeting. Amen. Now, what is it? What is it? He said we preach Christ crucified. Whether it's to the Jew or to the Greek, he's now telling us that this gospel is a body of information. Amen. It's a module. That's what he's telling us. Because he didn't say a gospel. He said the gospel. Hallelujah. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. So he's talking about something that any time it is preached, glory to God, it comes with something. Paul had already told us in Romans 1.16, from verse 15, he was saying, look, I put it this way. He said, as much as in me, I'm ready to come and preach the gospel to you also that is in Rome. Then he said, Paul, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is. Amen. It is. He's ready to come and preach. Why? Because this gospel he's coming to preach is the power of God. Amen. That is the possibility you are looking for. We come to you through the gospel. Amen. Are you listening to me today? That means as I'm talking to you, the possibility is coming into your life. I always remember the story anytime I'm preaching along these lines. About and the pastor is here. You know. We, I was in his church years ago. And then a man, they brought a man in. He looked very sick and haggard, pale. 
I was preaching when they brought him in. As they brought him into the meeting and kept him, he had not seated for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. He just shouted from there, Man of God, help me. Don't shout today. And he just shouted, Man of God, help me. I kept preaching. He said the second time and the third time, Pastor, pray for me. I know what he's thinking. He wanted a sign. Amen. Because maybe they told him, go inside there, there's a man there that God uses. Go, go, go. And he came in. But he explained that merely enters, they would just hold his head. And that's how some of you came. Amen. Are you understanding me? <laughs> what will happen to you is more than holding your head. This word will hold your life. It will shift it. Amen. It will turn it around. It will lift you. Amen. He was there shouting. So I said to him, I said, what I'm saying is how I am helping you. Amen. That means I'm saying here and be healed. What I am saying, you didn't understand that that's the help. Amen. A woman years ago, we were not in this venue at that time, we were in another venue. We were walking in church, doing something on the stage. It was not a service day. It was not a service day. Office hours. We were walking, doing some work. I was casually dressed. Then a brother I know, a church member, came in with a lady I don't know. But he had told me that he had a neighbor that he wanted me to pray for. So he came in. So he said, that's my pastor. First, the woman looked at me. You know, when they hear man of God, man starts from here. Of God. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? So, in her mind, she first looks. And like, of God. Let's not even talk about of God. Let's start from man. I could see that she was disappointed. That we've not spoken, but she was disappointed. So I, and, and you know, I, I matters or casually dressed. So I said, um, "How can I help you?" So I stood on stage like this. I was standing. She was standing there because we we're walking. Then she started narrating her experience. She wanted us to say, "I said, no, go ahead, just say what you want to say." She started talking, and she talked for quite a while. After she finished, what? as she started talking, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, tell her to go. The problem is solved. But out of court, he allowed her to finish. So, she finished her story. You know, these are not stories. They just come and tell you stories. Some people start with, <laughs> Pastor, I don't know where to start. Let me start from when my grandmother was a child. Not her mother, it's not from grandmother. <laughs> she gave birth to four children before she gave birth to my own mother. <laughs> you know that that day, I just carried Max. Are you understanding me? <laughs> so it was that kind of story. Glory to God. She took her time to paint the picture very well for me to see how bad the situation was. I listened to her. After she finished, I said, Go. She looked at me. 
They looked at the guy that came with her. She spoke in Igbo language. Is he joking? That's <laughs> like, is he joking? You know? So the guy, too, was confused at how easy it sounded. So um, it was like, uh, oh, Pastor Weather. Uh, I know what he wanted to say. So I now asked her, Do you want a miracle? You want prayer? She kept quiet. I said, Have you not been praying since? She said, Yes. I said, Now I've given you a miracle. And she said, Okay. <laughs> I said, do you want prayer, another prayer, or you want a miracle? She said, okay. I said, go. This is how she was going. I said, go. Glory to God. She went and met a miracle. Listen. Today, <laughs> receive God's word. As you are hearing, help is coming to you. As you are listening, your life is changing. Let's just look at the content of that gospel. Hallelujah. What does the gospel contain? Because I said it's a body of information. Hallelujah. It's a specific, specific, it's not vague. It means the people he was talking to knew what he was talking about. Hallelujah. For Paul to say the gospel, for Paul to say the gospel in Romans, to say the gospel in Corinthians, to say the gospel, everywhere he said the gospel, means there was something specific he was talking about. Even when God wanted to change a man's life called Abraham, you know what God did? He preached the gospel to him. Amen. Put up Galatians 3.8. In Galatians 3.8, very... Let's read together. I want to go. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the hidden through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, Indeed shall all the nations be blessed. Amen. So God is doing the same thing to you in this service. Amen. Did Abraham end up right? Did you like how his life went? He heard the gospel. Amen. It pleased God that through the foolishness of preaching, Amen, he will help Abraham. Hallelujah. And so it has pleased God. That through the foolishness of preaching, you also what? I don't know what your name is. Some of you don't like calling your name. Call your name, your name, call your name. Some of you have given yourself some names that even when you call the name, you don't feel like it's you. Call the name that makes you feel like it is you. Amen. Don't forget I said preaching is the technology provided to bring the possibilities of the supernatural into the natural. Say with me, say preaching. Is the technology provided to bring the possibilities of the supernatural into the natural? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you get that? Very important. Do you know why we say technology? There are many things that you do with technology. You don't understand how it works, but you use it. They tell you that stay here, stay here. You see this device, take it. You can talk to someone in another place. You don't know how it works, but you use it. Am I communicating? Do you know how Wi-Fi works? You use it all the time. Glory to God. So, you say, okay, I don't understand how this preaching thing works. So, now, I just be in the study, I just sit down. 
then my life will change. Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I say yes. Amen. Amen. It's a technology. Amen. Mary, the sister to Martha, understood that technology. On two occasions, I believe one was in Luke chapter 10, the other was in John 11. The Bible says that for Luke 10, is the last four verses, so it should be from 38. In Luke 10, Jesus came to their house. Hallelujah. The house was Martha's house. And it came to pass as they went into a certain village. A certain woman named Martha received him into her house. What are you doing? Received him into her house. Whose house? Martha's house. Verse 39. And she had a sister called what? Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Amen. Did you get that? That means she understood this technology. <laughs> that anytime you sit down and hear him, your life will change. Martha didn't understand it. Let's see Martha's own attitude. Verse 40. But Martha was running to feathers and traits and coming back. But Martha was going to feed the forms. Martha was cumbered above with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister has been going for one word from God on Saturday? She did not cook. She went for one word from God on Sunday. And, as I, and, and I left me to serve alone. Bid her therefore that she help me. She was trying to get Jesus to talk sense into her sister. Jesus talks faith. He doesn't talk sense. Verse 41. Look at it. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Matter, matter. Call that twice. May God call you twice today. <laughs> Thou art careful and troubled about many things. Many things. As you are here now, you are checking your WhatsApp. You are checking. You are checking. What are you checking? Listen, you are here already. Listen, listen. Listen. If you listen, you don't have to check your WhatsApp again. Amen. That you are checking for, I will give it to you now through the word of God. The power of God will meet you. You will not have to check again and again and again. That answer you are waiting for, it will come to you through the foolishness of preaching. Let's read further. Verse 42. But one thing is needful. Ever say one thing is needful. It's still talking about the foolishness of preaching. One thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Hallelujah. May you choose that good part. Amen. Amen. That when circumstances in your life you don't understand, you will go and sit under the preaching of the word. Amen. You will submit to the gospel. Amen. <laughs> I'm trying to come to the place where I will tell you the content of the gospel, but I'm still trying to arrive. Amen. Now, what is it? Let me just try to explain the technology of it. How it works. Romans 10 gives us an idea from the 13th verse. Amen. In Romans 10, the 13th verse says something very important. Alright? Earlier I talked about that God is Lord of all, both to the Jews and Greeks. Then the 13th he now said, Whosoever, whosoever, does it include you? Are you inside Whosoever. Say, whosoever includes me. 
Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Glory to God. Today you'll be saved. Then he said, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? He's trying to say that that call is a response as a result of something that has happened inside you. Believing has happened. Amen. So he said, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? See, listen, as long as they call, they'll be saved. But the condition to call is that he has to believe first. Amen. That's why you are seated here. Amen. You know, there's some of you that just say something like, I believe, I already believe, I already believe, I already believe. You don't know whether you believe yet. The fellows that came to Jesus Christ, when Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and then the rest of the disciples were trying to cast out devils from a man with an epileptic child. Listen, you cannot convince those guys that they did not believe. Amen. Because they said, we could not. That means they tried. Amen. They, they say, Jesus used to say, Jesus used to say, come out. Jesus used to stand in front of the person. They did exactly what Jesus used to do, what they seen Jesus do. But nothing happened. They said, Jesus, why could we not cast him out? Do you know what Jesus said to them? He said, because of your own belief. Is that time they say, ah, no. <laughs> so, I don't even know what it means to believe. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Because they thought they believed. Believing is not mentally assenting to something. Believing is a state that your heart gets into to lock itself against the word from God. Amen. See, believing is, it happens by the help of the Spirit. Amen. I have a teaching on believing. You can order for it. Now, he said, how shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Amen. How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? We are back to the foolishness of preaching. Amen. That means believing will not happen without what? Hearing. Are you hearing? This hearing is going to bet believing. And this believing will provoke a calling. And then your answers will come. How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Then he says, how shall they hear without a preacher? That's why we're having this meeting, so that you will hear. Amen. How shall they hear? This hearing is talking about is your spirit receiving the word. Last verse 15. Let's read it together. I want to go. And how shall they preach? Except they be sent as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of priests and bring glad tidings of good things. Listen to me. The good things of God come to you through the preaching. Amen. The preaching of the gospel is how the good things are transported and conveyed to you. Are we together? called it glad tidings, the gospel of peace. There are several scriptures that give us a summary of what the gospel is. Romans 1, 1 to 4 does that. 
um, Romans 16, 25, 26 does that. But my best is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. And I'm going to use that one for sake of time. In 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, it gives us a picture. Let me take that again. I say in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. shows us the components of the gospel. Amen. That means if these things are not complete, it's not the gospel. Glory to God. It might be a good talk, but it's not the gospel. We're going to read it together carefully. As I'm reading the scripture, the power of God will come upon you. You know, when Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, what he was trying to say, listen, some people think that, <laughs> let me put it this way. Paul was trying to explain, he says, this gospel, it can, it doesn't need extra support to work. He said, I am not ashamed, I am not disappointed in what it can deliver. Amen. May you come to that place where you are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You are not disappointed in what it can offer, what it can bring into your life. You trust the gospel. message, that body of information, amen, that when a man believes it, it's a report, amen, who had believed that report, he said, the moment you believe that report, the arm of the Lord, Isaiah 53 verse 1, will be revealed, that means the reason why the arm of the Lord is hidden, is that you have not believed that report, the moment you believe that report, that hidden arm of God you have not seen, the arm of God talks about the power of God, the salvation of God, it will appear, amen. Years ago, I had an experience, and that's how I learned this scripture. Jesus taught me this scripture. I was a student, and I was really, really had all the symptoms of malaria. And then, I normally, if that happened, maybe I would say some things, I would do some things, I make some confessions, I would get better. But in that particular situation, it didn't look like the situation was getting better. I was feeling weak, tired. And I had exams. So my roommate was really concerned. So one of those days he came and said to me, he said, um, let me go to um, Sister Soso's room. She's a, she was a medical student. He said, let me go and... You know, some medical students were already practicing medicine before they came out from the school. <laughs> Amen. So, so let me go to her room and ask her to prescribe some medication for you. I said, okay, go. You know how it happens when you're not feeling well. They bring all the things that you don't like, that you like, but you can't eat because they don't want you to eat it, actually. So they have this one, that one, fruits, they have all of them, and they're just nauseating to me. I like, you know, so I'm just lying down there. As my roommate left, I was not talking to anybody. You know what they say, soliloquizing. I was talking to myself, but in anguish of heart. I said, ah, Lord, will, won't you hear me? Jesus walked into that room. 
answered me. He said, no, I won't. Because I healed you 2,000 years ago. And this is what he said to me. He said, if you believe my report, my arm will be revealed to you in healing. I didn't say I believe 100 times. I just said it once. Lord, I believe. From my head, that is real crown of head to sole of feet. It was like instantly I said, I broke out in a sweat. I was hungry. I came down from the bed. Hey, Jesus came here. Hey, hey, hey. Then I started eating everything that was there. I said, eating, eating. When my roommate came back, I said, Jesus came here. Amen. He healed me. Glory to God. And so I'm announcing to you what he said to me. If you believe his reports, <laughs> hey, his arm will be revealed to you in healing. Jesus is alive and real and well. Glory to God. I said, Jesus is alive. He's real and well. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and death. Revelation 118. He's alive. Last year I had an experience. And I will, uh, the Lord permitted me to share this in this meeting. I was in my house at night. My wife was just lying beside me on the bed. We had slept. Then I woke up. It was not a dream. And when I woke up, I saw, I'd seen that before in the meeting, golden droplets of liquid golden droplets. That's the way I can explain it. It's glowing. I realized that name. I'd seen it in a meeting many years ago. God came upon many people like that. So I saw this. It came around me like I was in an elevator, you know, just all around me. Then I started rising up. I didn't even remember my wife. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I said, hey, the rapture is happening. Are you understanding me? I'm like, wow. All I kept saying was, wow, glory. Wow. Glory. That's what I was saying. I didn't remember my wife at all. I didn't remember my children. I didn't remember any. I didn't remember Renaissance Assembly. I didn't remember anybody. Amen. I'm like, wow. Glory. That's all I could say. It was indescribable. All I could say, wow, glory. I was going. going. Oh, as I'm saying, I feel the power of God upon me. You know, I was rising, rising, rising. Then it stopped. Then I was lowered back down. And then the droplets just, the way it came. You know that kind of thing when I slept? I was so happy. Wow. Wow. Jesus is real. I don't know why someone would not want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because you don't know Him. Amen. You don't know Him. Let's read our scripture. Moreover, <laughs> go back to 1 Corinthians 15. That should be my last scripture. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Place your hand on your head and say, in the name of Jesus, let your power rest upon me today. I receive answers now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you 
Paul was telling us the gospel which I preached unto you. Remember, it's this same First Corinthians, the chapter one, that we read from. Amen. Where he said the preaching of the cross. Now he's telling them the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Keep going. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Verse three. Let's read it together. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Verse 4. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. This body of information is the body of information that touches your life and changes it. That Christ died for your sins, amen, according to scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to scriptures. Now, there are five components here that make up the gospel. Number one, Christ died. Everyone say Christ died. Say Christ died for me. Now, listen to me. The death of Christ is, you know, you see, before Christ died, many people have died. After Christ died, many people have died. And many more people will die. You might not dead. All of their deaths don't mean anything to you as much as Christ's death means to you. Amen. Because Christ's death was a substitute. Amen. Are we together? He died that you might live. Glory to God. He stood as your representative. That means that his death was a substitution. Let me say substitution. Do you know that every human being in this world was born with a ticket to hell? in his heart. You all had, and all of us had that ticket to hell. Jesus came. Amen. And canceled that ticket. Hallelujah. But Jesus, he said to us, I am the way. I am the ticket. Hallelujah. The truth and the life. Glory to God. The ticket to heaven is with Jesus. So today, you and I, the ticket we need into life eternal. Only Jesus has it. Jesus is all the only licensed operator of the tickets. Amen. That means that you will use his tickets. Amen. He has permitted you to use his tickets. Am I communicating? So believing in Jesus is accepting to use his tickets. Amen. How many of you want to use the ticket of Jesus? Amen. It's available for you. Glory to God. What it means to be born again is to say, hey, can I use your tickets? Glory to God. And the moment you choose to use his ticket, your own ticket is cancelled. Your ticket remains valid until you apply for his ticket. Amen. If you don't ask for his ticket, your ticket is valid. You will go to hell. Amen. Am I communicating? Will somebody invalidate their own ticket today? Every man was born with that ticket to hell. So Jesus came as a substitute and died. That is proving to us that Jesus became a man. He became a man. I believe it was First Timothy 3, um, 16. It tells us, he said, great is the mystery of godliness. Without controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. That God was manifested in the flesh. They said, you know, Luke said, we are eyewitnesses. Amen. Peter said, we are eyewitnesses. John said, that which we have seen with our eyes. Amen. Meaning that we saw him, we saw God. Hallelujah. 
man. God came into this world as a man. But he left like God. Hallelujah. He ascended. Amen. He levitated. They were looking at him. He was going up. Going up. Gravity could not hold him. Like a plane. He was moving. Going up. Going up. Going up. Going up. And entered into the sky. But when he came. He came as a man. He left as God. Hallelujah. That's the Jesus we're talking about today. It's the reason why you're gathered in this meeting. God was manifest in the flesh. So Christ died. Let me say Christ died. Say Christ died. Now, he did not faint, sir. He died. When he was on that cross, the soldier came around to check. He saw this one had died. The two criminals, they have been to Kirikiri, they have been to SSA, they have been to, you know, they've been to SAS. Are you understanding me? They don't die like that. Are you understanding me? So those guys were still alive. Still alive. When the soldiers came, they broke their legs so that they won't take off. Broke the legs of the first one. Broke the legs of the second one. They were come to break the legs of Jesus. They saw he had died. But scripture had to be fulfilled in the 35th Psalm. He said, none of his bones shall be broken. That was a sign. You will know he's the one. None of his bones shall be broken. His bones were not broken. Amen. They lowered him down. Because even the lamb, the lamb, the lamb that is sacrificed that was symbolic of Jesus, they don't break the bones. Amen. They slayed, but they don't break the bones. Proving that he is the lamb of God. Amen. That was offered for our sins. Christ died. So while he was on that cross, the soldier was walking around, walking around, looking around, walking around. The soldiers they brought from Bori Camp, they were looking around, looking around, looking around. Then I said, oh, this guy, he's doing like he's dead. If you, you go die well, well. He took despair and pierced him by the side. The Bible said in the book of John that blood and water came out and touched this earth. The Bible said Jesus gave up the ghost. He dismissed his spirits. Blood and water came out. Blood, water, and the dismissal of his spirit are the three witnesses on earth that Jesus died. So he died. Ever say he died. He died. Listen, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were trying to establish something. Matthew was able to make us understand that, hey, 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 this Jesus is the king that we're talking about. The king that is coming that we're talking about. He's that king. Hallelujah. Mark said, hey, 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 hey. He is also the servant. Amen. That servant of Jehovah that will suffer is the servant. But Luke said, Look, he's a man. He's a man. So Luke gave us the genealogy of Jesus. He's a man proving to us the humanity. You cannot say you believe in Jesus and not believe in his humanity. Amen. It begins in believing that Jesus died. If he could die, that means he was a man at that time. Amen. Glory to God. So he died. First component of the gospel is what? Christ died. And that death was for you. Amen. I said that death was for you. Amen. The second component of the gospel is what he died for. Our sins. He died for our sins. Let me say our sins. Say my sins. Listen to me. Some of you don't understand the forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin can There's no way around forgiveness of sin. Are you listening to me? I think we will talk a little along that line this morning in our devotional. There is no way around forgiveness of sin. When Jesus saw that man and he said, your sins are forgiven you, then he told the man to rise up and walk. Huh? They were not angry about the miracle. They were angry about the forgiveness of sin. Why will, why will Jesus tell him your sins are forgiven? Who gave him power? Listen, prophets before Jesus came had performed miracles, had helped people to receive healing. At least we know Naaman in the Old Testament was healed of leprosy. Nobody is angry. If you are a prophet, you are a prophet, you are supposed to perform miracles. But when you say, 
your sins are forgiven. You are saying you are God. Amen. That was the offense of the Jews. How could you say the man's sins are forgiven? Who do you think you are? Who's your father? Joseph. Who's Joseph's father? They trace, 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 and they say, no, 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 you are of the tribe of Judah. Amen. You are not of the tribe of the Levites. Now, if you are a Levite, we'll say maybe you are a priest. A priest has been licensed to offer some sacrifices on your behalf and then proclaim that you are free. Amen. But now you are not a Levite. You are not a priest. So, from where? That means, oh, oh, let, let, let not be what I'm thinking. Amen. That's, let, let, let not be what I'm thinking. Amen. Because what you are saying is that you are God. Because only God can forgive sin. What does it mean to forgive sin? It means that you are absorbed of the penalty of that sin. Amen. It means that the consequence of that sin will not come upon you again. Oh. See, God, through Jesus Christ, made forgiveness a gift available to you. Now, today you are not receiving forgiveness as a reward. It was gifted to you. Amen. Look at Acts 13, 38 and 39. Let's just read together. Acts 13, 38 and 39. Amen. Acts 13, 38 and 39. In that scripture, it says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren. That means the sisters are inside the brethren. Men and brethren, that through this man, which man? Jesus. Is preached unto you what? The forgiveness of sins. I mean, as you are sitting down now, you are receiving this message. Amen. Your sins are forgiven. They are not going to be forgiven. Jesus on the cross died for your sins. Amen. And that's, you don't understand. He died for your sins. Am I communicating? So, and by Jesus, all that believe are justified from all things. Justified from all things. From which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. That means what the law of Moses could not exempt you from. Jesus has exempted you from it. Amen. Say my sins are forgiven. Now, the forgiveness of sin is an offer. It has to be received. Amen. Being born again is receiving that offer of the gift of forgiveness of sin. That's what you're doing. You're receiving the gift. It's offered. It has been offered. 2,000 years ago, it has been offered. Am I complicating? So that's the second component of the gospel. Christ died for your sins. For your sins. For your sins. Say, for my sins. Say, he died for my sins. Amen. He died for my sins. <laughs> it means that he has paid for it. Amen. There is no reason why I should pay for it again. The only reason why I will go to hell is that I refuse to accept the offer of the gift of forgiveness. Are you listening to me? So if I didn't receive the offer of that gift of forgiveness that has been made available to me, then I'm still holding my ticket to hell. Amen. It must be used. Number three component of the gospel, according to 1 Corinthians 15, we're reading in verse 4. And that he was buried. Say he was buried. So Christ died for our sins. The third one is that he was buried. He was buried. You know what burial means? That means the case, his matter was closed. Amen. Now, scriptures tell us about what happened. He went to the grave. You know, that scripture I quoted in 1 Timothy 3.16, he said God was manifest in the flesh. Then he said, 
justified in the spirit. Now, the real rendering says validated by the Holy Spirit. That means that he was validated by the Holy Spirit. He was, he was seen of angels. Amen. You know what it means when I say seen of angels? He was seen by angels. Angels had never seen where in heaven. God said, oh man, I want you to give me bread. They've never seen God hungry. They've never seen God tired. But when God became a man, they saw him hungry. Amen. They saw him sleep on that boat. Angels say, ah, God is sleeping. Mm. They saw him sleep on that boat. They saw him thirsty. Amen. When he cried, I thirst. He was seen of angels. Amen. Are we together? He was seen of angels. The scripture tells us about the experience. It goes for that tell us that he was preached on. Amen. And then he was believed in the world. Preached to Gentiles. Believed in the world. Then he said, he was received up to glory. He's telling us about ascension. But the second, the third component is that he was buried. Everybody say he was buried. The fourth component is that he rose again. Everybody say he rose again. There are many people that died and were buried. But nobody claimed to be, to, to be raised again. There's a difference between someone, other people that were raised from the dead, someone prayed for them. Jesus rose again by himself. The Bible said the Spirit of God, the Spirit that raised, there's a Spirit that raised him from the dead. Amen. And now that you're born again, that Spirit lives in you. Amen. His soul did not see corruption. Amen. He rose again. Say he rose again. Rising again, dying proves the humanity of Jesus. Rising again proves the deity of Jesus. Amen. Did you get that? That he died means he was a man. That he rose again means he's God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hand and say, Jesus rose again. Say, Jesus rose again. And then, finally, he now said, again, the third day, according to scriptures. The fifth component is that it is according to scriptures. Meaning that this whole experience of Jesus had been prophesied. So Jesus came to fulfill scriptures concerning him. So that the month of December will be a month of fulfillment for you. Amen. So throughout the life of Jesus, you will see that it might be fulfilled. That it might be fulfilled. Even when John the Baptist said that it might be fulfilled. It is your own turn in December to see scriptures being fulfilled one after the other. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Did you get that? Now, the day you accept that the foolishness of preaching is the wisdom of God to save you. You've learned a big thing. And that day is today. Amen. Amen. That as we're sitting down here now, that as I was speaking, that something was going on in your physical body. Such a way that sickness cannot remain. Amen. The Bible said, while Jesus was teaching, there were doctors of the law and Pharisees that were seated, Luke 5, 17, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. And while Pastor TV was preaching, that same power, amen, is present to heal. It's present to heal. It's present to heal. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, there are some of you here that came with one sickness or the other in your body. As I stand now, some of you are already well. Glory to God. Some of you are already well. It means the pain had left you. It means the infirmity had left you. Glory to God. There are some of you, as I'm making declarations, you will get well. Hallelujah. Are you ready for that now? Are you ready for that now? Glory to God. When will you receive your healing? When will you get well? When will you be made whole? Glory to God. Place your hand on that part of your body. Get on the keyboard. Place your hand on that part of your body. Now, in this part of the meeting, I want you to be sensitive because God is going to be touching you. As I was talking, the expectations were rising in your hearts. They had to rise so that the power of God would meet those expectations. Amen. Are we together? As, as, as the words were coming, suddenly you, you, hope came to you. It can work for me. It can happen for me. That hope that was rising is what God needs. Amen. For his power to come upon. Now unto him that is able to do. Exceeding abundantly above. All that you have asked and all that you have imagined according to his power that worketh in us. In the name of Jesus. Place that hand on that part of your body. If it's somewhere you cannot touch, just put your hand on your chest. And the power of God will meet you where you are. Place your hand on your chest. And allow the healing power of God flow through you. I want us to sing that song, Healing Hands. After I sing this song a few times, I'm going to call you forth and check yourself where you are. The power of God will come upon you. You will receive your healing now. Amen. As we sing this song, God is moving on your seat, touching one after the other, touching you, touching you, touching you in that place, and you're receiving your healing. As you receive your healing now, I want to hear your testimony. Are you ready?
to the soul of that feet. Out in the name of Jesus. Be healed now. Be healed now. Be healed now. Receive your healing now. In the name of Jesus. As we sing this song again, I want you to do what you couldn't do before. Amen. Alright? The song with congestion in your chest, you've just been relieved. I announced that earlier. I'd like to hear your testimony. Amen. Alright? Check yourself. If you discover that there is a difference, make sure you walk up to any of the ushers, any of the people, let them know what has happened with you, and we'd like to take your testimony before we go into the next part of the meeting. Amen. Sing the song again. It's by checking yourself. Hallelujah. You know when you will know that God has come to you by checking yourself. Everyone rise your feet. Everyone rise your feet. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit.